Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I want you to imagine with me for a moment that it's a spring morning and you open up the windows to your house and in rushes a wind that fills the house. And you can smell off in the distance that one of your neighbors is burning off some debris from the winter, some branches and some leaves. And you can also see out there, there's a robin that's hovering over its nest. All around, you get the sense that there's newness of life and that the old is being cast off. Well, each one of those images were used by early Christians to describe a reality in their lives something that was really deep and personal, but hard to fully grasp. And so they used images that were familiar to them, images of a rushing wind and of fire and of a a dove, of a bird. Today we're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works through the church and how the Holy Spirit works through you and me. During this sermon series of Reformation Truths, we're taking a look at, at some of the the foundational understandings of the church and how those were brought back into clarity 500 years ago during the Reformation. And one of the foundations of our church and understanding of who God is, is the creed, is specifically the Apostles' Creed. And so we've been walking through the three parts of the Apostles' Creed, what are called the three articles. First being of God the Father, second of God the Son, Jesus. And then this week we're looking at God the Holy Spirit. And during that time of the Reformation, when clarity was again brought to the teachings of Scripture and the church was was brought back to truths, um, Martin Luther wrote in the small catechism something that that families could learn, that they could actually memorize to help them stay on the path of truth from Scripture. And in the explanation of the third article, Martin Luther explains... um, a little more about the Holy Spirit. So I want to spend just a moment and read through that because it'll help set the stage for what we're going to be talking about today. Luther said, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. We're going to look at three truths of this. And the first is that apart from the Spirit, there is no way that we could come to know God, to come to know the true God, and and more specifically, to have faith in Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit calls us by the gospel. Around here at Cornerstone, we have this tagline of life revealed. And, And And we believe that God reveals himself to us, reveals the life that he has for us. He reveals himself, first of all, to us. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul put it this way in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. 
and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. You see, unless the Holy Spirit enlightens our minds, there's no way that we can fully understand God. And Paul later goes on to say that anyone who is speaking by the Spirit wouldn't say Jesus be cursed, but more importantly, no one can say that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. You see, no one can make a profession to say, I believe in Jesus or, or I've made a choice to follow Jesus without the Spirit working. And that's why around here, we don't, we don't place an emphasis on any decision to follow Christ or any choice that you make. Because those choices or decisions are impossible without first the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we focus on God, what he has done for us, rather than something that we do for him. You see, God opens us up to understand him and to follow him. And so we focus on what God is doing for us. I think one of our mistakes that we make as humans is we fail to grasp how far sin has taken us away from God. How completely broken and, and utterly in despair that we begin before God works in our lives. Some people like to think that God sees something good in us. Maybe there's just a little ember that, that the Holy Spirit comes and then starts blowing on and fans into flame and then, and then we, we, we have this life of faith. But I liken it more to Elijah and the prophets of Baal when Elijah was before them and, and he had this pile of wood and he said that he was going to build a fire but before to do that he wanted to douse it with water and completely had it saturated with water and then and only by the power of God was a fire going to come. That's a picture of our hearts. That's a picture of our lives. We are completely without a flame, without an ember. We are doused. The, the, Smokey the bear would be very proud of our hearts because there is no way that a fire is going to come out of this unless God is at work. And that's what God does for us. By the power of his spirit, he reveals to us the life that he has won for us through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to us. And how is it that the Holy Spirit does that? Through the preaching of the word. Through simple means. Paul says in Romans 10, How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So that's the first and most foremost job of the church is to preach the word of God because it is through the word preached that the Holy Spirit comes to us and begins to work faith in our hearts. It's the foundation of who we are as a church, the word of God preached. It's why we've chosen the name for our congregation to be Cornerstone. It's that foundation of Jesus Christ and the preaching of him, as Paul put it in Ephesians. The church is built on that foundation of the apostles and the prophets, those, that message that was preached with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You see, God comes to us through his word, when it is proclaimed. And not only does he come to us through the simple teaching, through simple speech, but he also comes to us through simple means of water, when that water is given with the word, with the words, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God comes to us again through simple means. We as human beings, we want to see God do 
amazing works and send down angels and, and angel hosts and armies and fire and brimstone on our enemies. We want God to work in amazing ways, but he comes to us in the most simple ways. Through words spoken, through water applied, through bread and through wine, the Holy Spirit comes to us to strengthen us in our lives. We as, as human beings, we messed up our relationship with God way back in the beginning with Adam and Eve. Through sin, there was a separation between us and God. I mean, can you imagine in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve actually walked with God. They had an intimate relationship with him, but because of sin, God expelled them from the garden. And that relationship was broken. That presence of God was broken. And it wasn't until the children of Israel who were chosen by God were wandering in the desert that God showed up in a special way in the tabernacle. And he said, I want you to set up a place, a place of meeting where, where I will meet with you again. And it was there in the, that, that place of meeting that heaven came down to meet with earth again. And then David and Solomon built the temple. Again, the place where God met, where heaven and earth met. But when God came to us in the person of Jesus Christ, God and man were again joined together in a special way. It was there in Jesus, the, the, the new temple, that God came to meet with us. But when Jesus ascended, he promised that he wouldn't leave us alone. And he said that we would now be the place where he would come to join us to be in us. The Holy Spirit acts as the connection, the bridge between heaven and earth. The Holy Spirit is the place where God comes to bring his reign on earth again through us. And that's part of our work as followers of Jesus Christ is to learn to live this new life that he's given to us. A life that, that promises to, to be about the things that God is about, justice and mercy and love and peace. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in you and me. The Holy Spirit first reveals life to us, and secondly, the Holy Spirit comes to wash us and make us clean, to make us into new people. That work of sanctification, of purifying us to be the people God wants us to be. In Titus 3, it says, he saved us not because of righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. And he saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. You see, in our baptisms, we are made into a new person. We are made clean. Pastor Dan, a couple of weeks ago, talked about God making something out of nothing. When God created everything, there was nothing, and God made something out of nothing. He also reminded us that that's what he does in us by his spirit. He makes something out of nothing. He makes a new person out of a person that is dead in sin. The work of the Holy Spirit comes to make us new. The writer of Hebrews says, now that you're new, let's draw near with a sincere and, and full heart, in uh, a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We are made into new people. We are made into the people that God wants us to be. When Paul was writing to the Corinthians, they were living in a situation where there was all kinds of evil all around them. They were in a, a wicked and sinful generation, even as we are today. 
And the Corinthians didn't live as they were supposed to live all the time. But Paul says this, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. You see, Paul knew that they weren't perfect. But through the work of Jesus Christ, they were, they were declared perfect. And Jesus Christ does that for you and for me. God is the one who determines who is special and who is set apart. He has called us. He has gathered us. He has enlightened us as his church, as Luther said, to be his people in this place that we might share the gifts that he's given to us. That leads to our third point. The Holy Spirit is now taking up residence in you. You are now the temple of God. You are the place where heaven and earth meet. You are the place where God is working to bring about his kingdom now here on earth. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? And later in chapter 6, don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You see, God comes to bring his reign in our lives. In Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit show us what, what that looks like. It's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And when I hear that list, I think that doesn't really describe me. But what it does do is describes my God a God of love and joy and peace. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit more and more to bring that love and joy and peace into the world around us through us. Life is not only revealed to us, life is now revealed through us. And we pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he would make that be more and more a reality in our lives. So when you pray in a little bit uh, later on in the service, you're gonna pray the Lord's Prayer. And when you pray the words, thy kingdom come, I want you to ask yourself, how is God preparing me to bring that kingdom into the life of someone that I know? How are, are the fruits of the spirit being shown in me so that God's kingdom can be more and more a part of my life? Because that's what the spirit has done for us. The spirit has come to us to bring the reality of God's kingdom to us today. And one day when he returns to see that kingdom fully with our own eyes. May God grant us the faith to last to that day. Amen.